Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Alongside our Thursday co-host and the host of Locked On Wolverines here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Isaiah Hull. I'm Nate Dickinson, and we've got a good show lined up for you today. Our Michigan football preview coming up with our Michigan football expert, Isaiah. We did Wisconsin yesterday with Asher Lowe and the Locked On Badgers podcast. Today we get into the Wolverines and a season that could change a whole lot for the future of Ann Arbor, depending on how it goes. But we'll get into all that in just a minute with you, Isaiah. And welcome in on the show again, as we'll have you here every Thursday going forward as we start up our new schedule. But first, I want to talk to you about this coaches poll that came out earlier this week. We chatted with Asher Lowe about all of it as a whole, but your Wolverines not on the top 25 getting votes. I don't know if it's a surprise to you that Michigan's not showing up there. I wouldn't think it would be. Some people did think that the Wolverines might sneak in partly just because of that Michigan name, but it's still in the conversation. Michigan is a top 25 team. Do you think it's deserved right now, Isaiah? Uh, I, I think it is deserved. I, I do take a little bit of consternation from the sake that it, it seems like a lot of other teams that had really bad years uh, and have a lot of similar question marks are in the top 25, whereas Michigan isn't. Michigan seems to be kind of a weird outlier in that they, they aren't getting the typical, you know, Michigan, USC, Texas bump that you get every off season. And I think that when you look at like Wisconsin and Penn state, I know Michigan lost to both, but they, they get a lot more benefit of the doubt just kind of overall than, uh, you know, than otherwise. And I think it, it, that, that kind of sits weird with me to some degree, but at the same time, Michigan was so abysmal last year that I can understand where people have no faith, but uh, at the same time, and I've said this a million times over, Michigan is more talented than any other team in the big 10. That's not named Ohio state. Uh, I know people want to pretend like Penn State, Wisconsin are out recruiting Michigan. And if you look at 2022, guys who aren't on campus, yeah, Penn State's out recruiting everybody right now. Uh, I mean, aside from Ohio State in the sense of, you know, per per star ranking, you know. Uh, But there's a lot of untapped potential in Ann Arbor. That's the big thing, though. It's it's untapped. So I think it's, it's probably a good thing that Michigan's on the outside looking in. I think this is one of the few times where maybe you see a little bit of chip on the shoulder type situation for Michigan. So I feel like they believe within the confines of Shem Beckler Hall that they're a lot better than what people are believing. I know they definitely believe that they're significantly better than what they showed a year ago. Uh, definitely heard a lot at Big Ten Media Days about culture issues and the types of things that they had fixed this offseason. So I think that uh, – I think it's probably a good situation for them to have to earn it for once uh, because Michigan does tend to be overrated going into, into, into it every year. It, it's, it's kind of a, a catch 22, right. For, for a school like Michigan and in that you, they have this cachet. people expect them to be really, really good on a yearly basis. Uh, and if they aren't 
if they aren't what you know what the preseason projections are fans particularly get really mad because it's they're not living up to the hype so to speak uh i think now that you know they have they have to earn it every step of the way and they have some incrementals across the across the schedule from week two uh hosting washington week five going to wisconsin third to last week uh going to penn state and uh finishing off with ohio state so whatever they get they're gonna earn and I think that that's probably a better place for them to be as far as internally in the program. But at the same time, I, I think that they maybe deserve a little bit more respect because I think a lot of uh, a lot of people are looking at 2020 and saying, well, let's not count that for most teams. But for Michigan, it seems to be this idea of, well, this is just who they are. So we'll just uh, go ahead and, and act accordingly. Kind of the worst of both worlds to start off a season, right? You're not in the top 25, but there's no doubt that those expectations in Ann Arbor are to have a top 25 season. So it's kind of like winning football games, a tough spot for Harbaugh to be in. But again, again, that's part of the duty of being Michigan football coach. And that untapped talent is, as you mentioned, something that I'm sure we're going to talk a whole lot about as we get into this preview with the Wolverines here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah, you think any more love coming for Michigan with everything that we've already discussed about the Wolverines in the media poll next week? Uh, probably not. I'd imagine it's going to be yeah. about the same. I, I know that Michigan's uh, AP writer, he had already tweeted out that, uh, that he didn't uh, vote for Michigan. Uh, which again, I think that makes sense. I think where Michigan sat and the others receiving votes, I think they were either 32nd or 33rd. I think that's probably appropriate. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't expect there to be much of a difference. And again, it's it's a weird catch 22 where I feel like it probably should be around 25, but at the same time, they probably don't deserve it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll talk about again all of why that is here mm-hmm. on the show. Again, Northwestern actually was the first team out. I don't think we've mentioned that on the show of that top 25. And as you mentioned, Michigan around 32, 33 in that area. And just to go back to that point you made about that Penn State recruiting class there at what, like 23, 24 players already. So there's a bit of a regression to the mean that has to happen there in case you didn't know the context of what he was saying. But yes, right now, Penn State does have the number one recruiting class in the class of 2022. Uh, Isaiah, before we get into this break here and switch over to Michigan football, what do you think about the rest of how this top 25 turned out in the Big Ten? Ohio State's, of course, where it's going to be, but not any more Big Ten teams until all the way down at 15. That was a bit of a surprise to me, at least. What were your takeaways there as you look down the list? I think it's appropriate. I don't think, uh, and I think that Iowa should be ranked higher than a lot of the other schools because Penn State and Wisconsin, I, I think there's a lot of big question marks there. And I know that we're, I, I, I do the same thing with, the, with 2020 where you, you have to take it into account but you also have to say that doesn't matter that much, but uh, kind of based off of that, Wisconsin and Penn state had pretty abysmal showings as well. Uh, Both of them looked like some of the middling, if not worst teams in the big 10, whereas a team like Iowa returns a lot of its, a lot of its personnel and looked really, really good might've been playing among the best football in the conference by the, uh, by the end of the season. Uh, Lord knows I, I expected them to shellac Michigan if they would have played in that crossover game. Uh, so I think that they deserve to be a bit higher. Um, refresh my memory. The, uh, the one I'm missing right now, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana was at 17, one spot above Iowa. Indiana, I feel is a, is another deserving team, but we'll see if they can, can do it again. I think that's the big thing, uh, for the Hoosiers. I mean, 
they kind of came out of nowhere last year and now they're going to have a target on their backs. They do return a stunning amount of personnel, particularly you look at offense and Michael Penix Jr. and Ty Freifogel, uh, lots of guys on defense that are just studs, Tijuana Mullen. So I think that there's there's a lot of potential in Bloomington, but I don't they're not going to catch anyone by surprise anymore you know and they've always played teams tough they just kind of learned how to finish so we'll see if that same thing is able to recur in 2021 i have a feeling that they're going to take a step backwards just because they're going to get everybody's a game i don't think that that was necessarily the case before uh i think that they're they're not going to catch ohio state who i know ohio state beat them by a touchdown but they're not going to catch ohio state by surprise they're not going to catch penn state or michigan by surprise will they take one of those games against one of the big teams uh, I, I certainly think it's possible. I don't necessarily know if it's probable, though. Yeah, well, there's that big pack of Big Ten teams right there in 15 through 20. They're all going to have the chance to play their way into separating themselves out of that pack. But all I know right now is that it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch and that we've got a whole lot of time to talk about all of that. Right now, we're going into the Michigan Wolverines, breaking down the season with Isaiah in just a moment. Isaiah, before we get into our first break, what's the biggest thing? that I think or you think people are I think looking at with Michigan and saying this is like the make or break for Michigan football this season uh are you talking schedule wise or just things in general I guess I'm just I'm talking personnel wise like what needs to go right what needs to be better than last year for Michigan football to be back where it wants to be if it was like the biggest thing I mean of course we'll talk a lot obviously it's quarterback I mean that's that's where Michigan had failed miserably last year. Joe Milton looked incredible to start out the year, uh, and then he started to regress as games went on. Uh, Cade McNamara gave Michigan a spark and is the reason why they didn't lose against Rutgers. Um, so I, I think that that's the, the big thing is you need a quarterback, at least above average quarterback play. And as much as people want to, in Ann Arbor and around Metro Detroit, want to act like, some of the guys who've come through Ann Arbor haven't been that good, like Shea Patterson, Wilton Spate. Uh, honestly, those guys were still gamers. They still got a lot of wins. Uh, they need at least that level of quarterback play in order to be able to to be able to rebound in any fashion. Because if you go out there and you have nobody, uh, pretty much like it looks for a little bit of last year, you're going to find yourself uh, struggling to even make a bowl game. So they, they absolutely need – a quarterback to step up. And I think that they'll have one because, I mean, they've, they've got a pretty good stable right now between Kate McNamara, Alan Bowman, and former five-star J.J. McCarthy. And that's where we're going to start in a minute, at that quarterback spot to talk about that entire stable and where it stands mm-hmm. right now as far as the hierarchy goes. But you're right, Isaiah. Right now it has been. It's getting to the point where, at least under the Jim Harbaugh era, it's getting to, like, TV graphic territory of, like, the quarterbacks he's had compared to the quarterbacks Ohio State's had in the time that he's been there. Just consistent college stars compared to the, as you said, average quarterback play at best that Michigan's been able to put out. But we'll get to who could be the guy to break that streak for the Wolverines this season in 2021 in just a minute with Isaiah Hole of the Locked On Wolverines podcast. You're listening in to Locked On Big Ten. Hey, more coming up with Isaiah in just a minute. But first, we got a new sponsor to tell you about, and it's Sweatblock. Now, Sweatblock has, if you don't know, some of the best products out there to just making sure that you're not sweating too much. It's the summer months, and it's the dog days of summer now in August. But Sweatblock has you covered. If you have that one shirt, 
that you tried on at the store. It fit perfectly. You looked great. Perfect shirt for you. But then you go out in that hot weather for the first time in it, and it just absolutely gets drenched in sweat. Some people sweat a lot, but some clothes just aren't meant to take any sort of sweat, really, it seems. So if you end up having one of those shirts that just you seem to sweat through every time, or if you do just seem to sweat more than normal people, you can try out the sweat block wipes to see if it will work for you. And if it doesn't, they'll get your money back. These things are up to seven days effective on your underarms with one set of wipes. Just wipe them on your arms real nice and easy to do, and you're protected, good to go for up to a week. And again, if it doesn't keep your underarms dry, they will refund you your money. And you can save money, too, by using our promo code at the site. Go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your order. That's 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's locked on the promo code. Go try them out. You're going to come back for more. This stuff really, really does work. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Alongside our Thursday co-host and the host of Locked On Wolverines, Isaiah Hole, I'm Nate Dickinson. And we're here to break down the Michigan football team as we get ready for the 2021 season. Isaiah, you're our expert on Michigan football. You said before we got into this here, quarterback's the most important position for this team this season. It's not a hard thing to decipher that. It's the most important position in pretty much all of football for all teams. But Michigan has some foundation built around an uncertain quarterback spot right now. As you mentioned, there's a stable of guys there. But Cade McNamara, at least at the moment, is at the head of that pack. How do you feel about where he's at right now and where the fan base is at with him? Because, again, there's a lot of different guys that people could be pulling for and calling for if he starts to struggle. Uh, I think that uh, the fan base is somewhat behind Cade for the moment, uh, but that's just kind of how things go when someone uh, is at that position and unproven in Ann Arbor. Uh, the quarterback, starting quarterback tends to be one of the more unpopular positions at, at Michigan and has been that way for decades, uh, with the exception of probably Denard Robert, uh, Robinson. I think he's the only time that I can recall. Uh, Chad Henney as well, but uh, those are the only times I can recall people really galvanized behind the starting quarterback. Whereas I feel like generally like you look at Shea Patterson, people wanted Dylan McCaffrey. You look at, uh, at Wilton Spate, people wanted John O'Corn and then they wanted uh, Brandon Peters, uh, Jake Rudock. I mean, I think that that was, everyone kind of expected that just to be a good stop gap. And it was what it was. I mean, even with Devin Gardner, people wanted Shane Morris. So it's always kind of the next guy up right now. People are excited about Cade, uh, and obviously people are really excited about J.J. McCarthy. I think the the real crux here, the the wild card, is Alan Bowman. He enters with easily the most experience of anybody, having started at Texas Tech for uh, really just about three years, except for he kept on having injury issues, which kept on taking him off the field, but easily the most accomplished quarterback that uh, is in Ann Arbor. Uh, so he, he, I think is something of a wild card he just arrived on campus and he's, you know, learning the playbook going through fall camp. Uh, and Cade McNamara did enter the starter and he does have a couple, you know, a couple years of experience. He knows Josh Gaddis's playbook. He knows what is expected. And I think he brings leadership where we kind of haven't seen in Ann Arbor. And yesterday we, we spoke to a couple different players and, uh, Ronnie Bell, 
uh, was talking about the wide receiver was talking about how Cade has always kind of acted like he was a starter, had that type of leadership. You'd never know that he was third string when he arrived in uh, 2019 say, saying that he just exuded leadership in a way that he hadn't really seen. I think that's really something important because Michigan hasn't really had a quarterback that's had that type of mentality in quite some time, really. They've, the quarterbacks that they've had come through have just kind of been another part of the team. And really, you want that quarterback to be that fiery leader. And it seems like Cade McNamara has that in spades. Uh, the question is, is, is he able to get it done is, as far as being able to go out on the field and actually make plays? I think it helps him a lot this year where it would have helped Joe Milton last year if he would have been able to go through this. But by having a non-conference schedule, by having a little bit of a ramp up, uh, Joe Milton was able to prepare for Minnesota, did a really good job with that. But then when you got to the week to week basis and you're just preparing on, you know, for the next team within a week, uh, you started seeing some deficiencies as you kind of went forward. Cade will have that little nice ramp up. If he ends up being the starter, whoever ends up being the quarterback, assuming that they start game one and are able to continue to, you know, have that stranglehold of the position. Uh, I think that that'll really help. The other thing is I think that really helps is just having that competition, having three guys that all could essentially win the starting role because uh, Joe Milton's biggest competition going into the season last year was Dylan McCaffrey and Dylan McCaffrey opted out and said he was transferring before they even got to fall camp. So it became a Dylan, sorry, a Joe Milton, Cade McNamara uh, battle and McNamara was considered to be a year or two away. So now it's finally McNamara's time. So we'll see if he ends up being the guy. I think he has a lot of those intangibles you're looking for. And we've seen the team really kind of rally around him and his limited appearances in 2020. Uh, I think that speaks to his leadership. So I think it's going to be really difficult for him to supplant him, but just because of those intangibles that he has. If the season were to start, say, tomorrow and we were actually playing games and getting out on the field, how long do you feel like the leash would be on McNamara? I guess how safe do you feel like of a lead he has on this job? Uh, that's a little hard to say because we don't really know much about where uh, what Alan Bowman's been able to do in fall camp yet or, I mean, even J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Jim Harbaugh said at Big Ten Media Days that uh, J.J. McCarthy, he was right there with him, and that was more of a credit to – his prowess and his talent than it was uh Cade not being ready or something like that. So uh, I, I mean, it, I think that this coaching staff has probably learned some lessons from last year and to not necessarily wait too long if a guy is struggling, but you also don't want to ruin a guy's confidence either. Cause I feel like that's what ended up happening down the stretch with Joe Milton. Uh, you saw him go from being excellent. People were talking about him after one game as being a Heisman contender, uh, then by the uh, the Wisconsin game and and then the ensuing Rutgers game, he was just absolute shell of himself. So you don't want to ruin a guy's confidence because he was certainly had lost it by that point. Uh, but at the same time, you have to win games. And you know Jim Harbaugh, considering his contract extension, the buyout, which is uh, I mean basically his contract's half of what it was going to be. Uh, so you know, he's in win now mode. So I would imagine that they've learned the lesson of, Hey, if a guy looks shell shocked early, let's, let's get him out. Let's get someone else in. And we've seen them do that before. Uh, Wilton Spate certainly had some issues in the uh, season opener in 2017 against uh, Florida. Uh, obviously he's a guy that never really felt like the moment was too big. I mean, he played in some of the, the bigger games that Michigan's had in recent memory, including the 2016 Ohio state game. And he played quite well. But when he was surrounded with a younger cast and a not so good offensive line, he he had some some shaky moments and 
Harbaugh pulled him and put John O'Corn in to kind of finish out that uh, second or the first half, the second quarter, and uh, put Wilton back in. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of activity like that should there be any kind of issues in the early going. Isaiah and Isaiah Hold of the Locked On Wolverines podcast joining us here on a Thursday on Locked On Big Ten. With McNamara at least under center right now, and who knows what happens as the season goes on throughout at quarterback, it's at least good for Michigan to know that there is some stability like around that position on offense mm-hmm. right now. And I, there's a whole lot of places that we could start, talk about like the returning offensive linemen, the weapons that are going to be there that weren't there before. I, I guess I, I want to ask you really, what are you most excited about around the pieces that are going to be around whoever is playing quarterback for this team? Well, you kind of named it right there. The offensive line is is a place that I'm kind of excited. They had some up and down moments last year, but uh, and a lot of that was due to injuries. Uh, when you think about it, they they had their starting five at the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, two of those guys playing. And, uh, and so you saw a lot of different guys get starting experience, and a lot of them looked really good. You look at Carson Barnhart, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, and there, there's a lot of guys that – they really have about eight players that could start right now uh, or have starting experience and they only have five positions. And some guys had like a really good camp, like Chuck Filiaga by all accounts had the best spring ball he's ever had. And maybe one of the best spring balls of anybody on the team. And yet he looks like he's probably not going to start. And he's a fifth year senior, a former four star. So it, I think that that speaks really well to the amount of, talent that they have on that offensive line and i mentioned zach zinter he he, josh gaddis just said last week he might be the best play offensive player they have on the team period and he's a true sophomore so Mm -hmm. i I think that uh he i think that bodes really well they said that he's a guy that they haven't really had he's he's big strong fast he's everything that you're looking for he's an absolute mauler so i think that's the position that i'm most excited for but right behind it is the running back position because uh, i I wouldn't really take anyone else's running backs room over Michigan. And I know that a lot of people would probably be screaming Ohio state given the, the, uh, the talent that they tend to have on a yearly basis. But I think Michigan has a really good situation with Hassan Haskins, who uh, really has had two really good years. I know last year didn't look like it because Michigan didn't really hand him the ball that often. Uh, The offense was constantly behind uh, and down in distance and also in the score throughout the entire year. So running the ball kind of became an afterthought pretty early on. Uh, however, you, you've got him. You've got Blake Corum, who looked really good as a true freshman in the limited spurts. And the guy I'm most excited for is five-star Donovan Edwards, who I've seen play in high school for the last several years. I remember when now Michigan safety's coach, former West Bloomfield head coach, uh, Ron Bellamy, I remember seeing him at a seven-on-seven camp and uh, – I was there to talk to Lance Dixon and uh, who ended up at Penn state and then transferred out of there. But uh, I remember talking, saying, I need to talk to him. I need to talk to Makari page. Who's now at Michigan. And I was like, tell me who is a guy that I should talk to on, on your team right now? Like who else? And he pulled Donovan Edwards. He was a sophomore, I believe at the time. And he's like, listen, this is going to be the best recruit I've ever had come out of West Bloomfield. And I, that that's all I've seen and heard since then. And he he's the real deal. He, he might be when everything's said and done, the best running back in the big 10, once his, uh, once his time comes, I mean, he's got that it factor. So I'm really excited to see him and Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis both said he he's a day one guy. They're going to, they're going to get him out on the field 
in the first day as soon as fast, uh, the first game as soon as they possibly can. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the running back position is kind of stacked this season in the conference. Ohio State, as you mentioned, has all the talent over there. You've got, by the way, both first team all Big Ten running backs coming back over on the other mm-hmm. side of the conference. And you could mm-hmm. still easily make that argument that Donovan mm-hmm. Edwards and Hassan are going to be the most exciting pair of backs in that backfield in the conference to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun to watch all around with these skill players. And that offensive line getting healthy, too, could mean that these guys with that talent that's been untapped so far might have the actual chance to break out here in this season. If you've been listening to the show, then you already know about Bet Online and all that it has to offer. You may have already gone over to the website and checked it out. Been a little bit intrigued, probably, by all of the different lines that they have out there. Really just how nice it is to look at everything. They got a nice setup on the site. And of course, they've got information out there that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else, too. If you haven't gone out yet, I suggest that you go to the browser and check out betonline.ag. At least see what they have to offer because it really is everything that you could need as far as your sports betting goes. They've got the lines. They've got the stories to make sure that you're educated before you put that money on the games. They've got, of course, great deals going on all the time, including one with us right now. If you go to betonline.ag and enter the promo code Locked On, you'll get 50% off your order. 50 per, I'm sorry, 50% added on top of your first deposit. I, I'm mixing up all sorts of stuff going on here. But if you go to betonline.ag right now, make a deposit after you end up making your account and add in that promo code locked on, they'll add 50% onto whatever your deposit is. That's what I meant to say. So whatever you put in, 50% of it just thrown right on top for free. Thanks to the people over at betonline.ag. It's a really great deal that you want to at least check out and see if it's something you're going to like because if you're a sports better i promise you're going to like betonline.ag before we get back with isaiah on the show rock auto is the place to go for all of your car parts needs right now the weather's nice out you're not thinking about anything going on in those winter months so so far away but as it turns out december's only three and a half four months away now The new year is right around the corner, and before you know it, especially in Big Ten country, it's going to be winter. And that's not when you want anything going wrong in your car, for sure. Don't get stuck in the snow. It's miserable out there trying to pull your car out if you get stuck, and of course it can be dangerous too. So make sure that your car is up to date and ready to go at rockauto.com. If there's anything that you need repaired, upgraded, whatever, Rock Auto can get the right part for you at the right price. Price. They cut out that middleman, so you get it straight to your door from your couch at a better price than what you'll get at the dealership or the parts store or wherever else you may go. It's rockauto.com. If you end up using the service, make sure you let them know that you heard from us about them. It's locked on in their little how did you hear about us box there. Let's get back to the show and Isaiah here to wrap things up. Now, I want to talk other side of the ball with you, Isaiah, because Giving up 30-plus points per game last season isn't great for any sort of college football team. How much better can this Michigan defense get this year? Significantly, and there's multiple reasons why. Anyone who's listened to me on the Lockdown Wolverines podcast has heard for over a year and a half, uh, probably even a little bit longer, That, uh, and this is not something I wanted to put in writing, uh, but Don Brown's defense was – had gotten insanely predictable, particularly the play calling. Uh, there are reasons behind that. I won't get into them here. 
you can scour the Lockdown Wolverines archives to to figure out where where it is. Uh, but uh, it was extremely predictable, and you could really see that this past year. Uh, because in previous years, I mean, that's one of the big reasons I was told from some behind the scenes sources that Ohio State, like in 2018, particularly after Michigan's defense was ravaging everybody looking like the best defense in the country, then they go up against Ohio State and just got shredded. It, 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 why is that? Well, part of it is because Ohio State knew what was coming and have the athletes to really, really damage uh, a defense, especially if they have a pretty good idea of where the defenders are going to be. Now you have a situation now that he's gone. Uh, Cause like I said, last year, if you knew that was what was happening, you could sit there and watch and you could see just about every team, not every team, but just about every team had a pretty good beat on what the defense was going to do. Now you've got still a lot of those really good players. Bruce Feldman just talked about uh, Aiden Hutchinson on the, pro football focus podcast of being an all American type guy, uh, but they're going to move him around a lot. Mike McDonald comes from the Ravens. Who's got one of the best defenses uh, in the nation at any level and has for, you know, a very, very long time. He's going to move these guys around. He's going to keep offenses on their toes. That's one of the great things we heard about the off from the offensive guys uh, yesterday. Uh, and when we had our press conference was, Hey, we don't, we don't know what's coming from the defense. We have to actually game plan for our fall camp. Whereas before, you know, we kind of knew what, what we were going to be seeing and what to expect, but you never know where guys are going to be and what they're going to be doing because Mike McDonald's whole philosophy is to keep an offense off kilter, not just off kilter in the sense of we're going to have our defensive ends. They're going to be able to get around the, your offensive tackles and be able to get pressure. It, it's a little bit different. It, it's a, they're still going to do that, but, they're, what they're also going to do is just constantly change the, the the formations, constantly change where different guys are on the field, and really keep offenses guessing. You see a lot of mixes between man and zone coverage. And I, I, a lot of those guys that we saw last year were unheralded. They were guys who were getting really their first taste of being on defense. It looked really good for one game, again, in, against Minnesota. Uh, but, but it still had... a there were still a lot of question marks coming out of that game, but it still looked pretty good against what was expected to be a prolific offense. Uh, and then it kind of fell off. So now at least you have unpredictability plus talent. Yes, that talent is untapped, but at the same time, it, it we act a lot of people nationally act like this is a defense that's just full of two and a half, three-star type talent. No, it's still four-star talent. They have two five-stars on defense that'll be starting. Uh, and that doesn't even include a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, who's pretty much a lock to be a first round draft pick. Uh, there's certainly questions in the secondary, uh, but I, I'm not that I, I feel better about the secondary than I think a lot of people, because you've got two returning safeties. One of them was a five star. Uh, he had one guy that, <coughs> excuse me, ended up being um, pretty good by the end of the year in Jamon green. And so I think the question is more so how are those linebackers going to fare? You're dropping the defensive ends out to the outside. They're outside linebackers now. And so you really have to worry about Josh Ross and uh, Michael Barrett. We'll see how they do. <coughs> well, I guess that's a good place to try and wrap this thing up, Isaiah. As Isaiah Hole joins us with Locked On Wolverines here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. It's something that we talked about earlier but haven't brought up as we've gone through these individual players. The fact that Michigan has all sorts of talent, always does, untapped talent all over the place. But so far, Harbaugh has not been able to tap into all of that talent to the extent that Michigan fans 
want and need him to, to be able to keep his job. I guess the question is, what's the elevator pitch? If you're the optimist, even if you don't believe it yourself, what's the elevator pitch for other people who are pessimists as to why it's going to be different this year for the Wolverines? I think it'll be different this year just for the sake of it. It seems like now you have people on both sides of the ball that really want to put their talent in a position to succeed. It's it's more player-driven than it is scheme-driven, and I think that that is a big change. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of that in the offense in 2019. This team – oh, go ahead. I think we saw a bit of it in 2019, but we didn't really get to see uh, see it last year just because they were behind the chains and and really just – trying to even the score, but defensively uh, under Don Brown, you start hearing a lot of reports out of NFL camps of how like a guy like Quiddy pay is, is better suited to a different position. And he's a first round draft pick and he's an absolute athletic freak. So I think that's that you realize that there were a lot of limitations on what certain guys could do based on what the scheme was uh, previously. So now I think both sides of the ball have the ability to complement each other as long as they can all get kind of on the same page, learn learn what schematic things they need to know. But you, you hear guys like Josh Ross talk at Big Ten Media Days about how he's able to play more of the game that he's suited to play due to his talents. That I, I don't think that we saw that last year. So I think that that would be a good a big reason why you'll see a big rebound. But by big rebound, I'm not talking necessarily ten wins, but I think you'll at least see a respectable Michigan team, at least on par with what we saw in 2019. Uh, again this year you know if they can just get it to start to click that there's gonna be fireworks there so I'll ask you then now Isaiah you mentioned not 10 wins necessarily what are the expectations for a successful season for Michigan at least in your head whether that's wins certain wins over certain teams what what would you say I'd say eight and four and at least one win uh over one of the teams that they're maybe not expected to and i I, I would count Washington in that, even though right now Michigan is favored to beat Washington. But uh, I, I think that uh, eight wins and one of those four games between Washington, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State, I think that would be a success this season. I'd really like to see one of those road games, uh, either Wisconsin or Penn State, but, uh, get a win there. I think that really changes the dynamic. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, I think eight and four is probably a likely spot for Michigan to finish. Isaiah Hull with the Locked On Wolverines podcast airing every single weekday, just like we do it over here at the Locked On Big Ten show. So if you need more out of Ann Arbor, be sure to subscribe to his show. Isaiah, before we let you go, where else can people find you? Uh, At Isaiah Hull on any social media platform of your choosing, uh, TikTok even, uh, Pinterest. I don't don't post on Pinterest, so don't be excited to go there. Or uh, wolverineswire.usatoday.com. I like that. All that stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm at Nate with sports. I think I still have a MySpace somewhere. Uh, <laughs> the show's at Locked on Big One Zero on Twitter. And of course, wherever you're listening now, subscribe, give the five stars, go to the same thing to Isaiah's show too. Isaiah, we'll talk to you next week as we continue to gear up for this football season. I, I know you'll have plenty that you'll want to get into. So until then, you've been listening into Locked on Big Ten.